back. This is the Northern Minor Podcast, and I am your host, Matthew Keel. And guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Leslie Stokes. <laughs> Hold on to your chair. There you go. Yeah, Les- Leslie's returned from her well-earned vacation. You, where were you up? Up uh... Northern Vancouver Island. I went on a kayak trip with my dad. Nice. And it nice. rained for the most of it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little West Coast weathery recently. So yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. Did you see any whales or anything? Yeah, not as many this year. No, but, but we definitely saw a bunch of orcas like yeah. on the beach. You know, sitting back. Yeah, having like a that's little awesome. bit of box wine and watching yeah, whales. Box wine, nice, nice. That's what you do when you go camping. Travels well, yeah, travels well, travels yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the Northern Miner Podcast, and as most weeks, we're brought to you by the Yukon Mining Alliance, our sponsor, so thanks to them again. Um, and yeah, so now we're, we're actually back in studio. It's been uh, sort of a whirlwind the last couple of months. It's been so busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, markets have been sort of been back. We've both been traveling, so we're doing sort of a back to basics podcast i guess yeah yeah no no guests and no not in a coffee shop as we were last week so it's more traditional let's say we're back to our roots um so yeah so before we get into it uh we have a few fun uh things this week leslie's gonna get into is it ontario geology the uh geology of ontario, ontario. i was so back to being a geo nerd again there we go we got a little yes. bit of a geology corner this week which is always fun yeah. uh we'll talk about markets a little bit um uh things are, i'm gonna like spoiler alert things are pretty flat that. Gold's dipped a little bit. We'll get into that in a moment. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Lundin Mining and Tanky because we were just talking about Freeport. Um, and they extended their right of first offer on Tanky. So there's something going on over there. They're yeah. trying to decide what they're going to do with their share of that asset. Right, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I've heard... Uh, I've heard some buzzing. I, I, I jumped on, um, do you know Altius, the royalty company out of Newfoundland, actually? Yes, they're, that's they're, right. Yeah, um, I jumped on their first ever conference call. They'd never done a quarterly conference call before. It was pretty funny. Um, and they're kind of joining the chorus of people that say the bear market's over and they're really uh, looking at exploration properties and think that there's going to be a big upside in exploration. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but before we do get into that, uh, I'll just quickly run through metal prices as we do every week. Uh, gold took a bit of a dip. When I say a bit of a dip, it's like still at 1320. Yeah. It's at 131780. <laughs> it's like, it's like we've been talking the last month or so how range bound it is, like between about 1330 and 1310. Like it hasn't moved at all. Um, and then same with silver is at 19 bucks. It's bounced between 18 and 19. Copper actually had a good run this week. Um, I noticed that yesterday. It's at 216. So we're up a little bit. Uh, oil's at $44.48 a barrel, WTI. So. Um, yeah, it's like every time I do this now, I'm like, I was saying this last week, I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I could just take the podcast I recorded last week and run the and macro. Just yeah. yeah, it really <laughs> and I mean, Yeah, and I mean, like, oh, the metal prices are here, uh, the Fed said this, and uh, nothing happened. Groundhog so, Day. Yeah, yeah, and as far as equities are concerned, uh, they were actually up a little bit today despite the dip in the gold price. Um, so most equities are doing fairly well right now. Uh, but everything seems to be in a holding pattern. And we talked about uh, last week, um, I've had Mickey Fulp on Mercenary Jolis, and then I had Joe Mazumder on uh, from Exploration Insights. And both of them said to watch out for the uh, Canadian listing stocks because everything looks to be overvalued. Yeah. So it's interesting um, our, if we're going to get an equity correction. Uh, they haven't. Uh, gold, especially precious metal equities, though gold has dipped a bit, haven't moved. I think they actually went up today <laughs> when it went down. So it's interesting to see kind of the market activity we're seeing right now. Um, and then uh, we mentioned last week that there is the federal, the next federal sort of reserve meetings on the 21st. So okay. that's when we'll know, they'll make another comment on interest rates, which they will not hike. I'm, don't quote me on that. But <laughs> it, it, it's, I'm fairly confident they will not be hiking them. Um, Matt, you just moved the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, we had huge traffic last week. We just might. Gold just went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but let's, because um, it's just been all finance all the time for like the last three weeks, maybe, with me just prattling on and prattling on. Uh, but so let's do some geology, because we haven't had a geology corner in a while. Geology um, corner. So the uh, region of interest this week uh, is Ontario. Is Ontario, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's let Leslie kick off with a little uh, geology corner here. I was really excited to start this article because all I was thinking in my head was this image of Star Trek Next Generation, the final episode. <laughs> I don't remember. When Q takes Picard back to the Precambrian into the Archean and shows him what the world looked like. And anyway, so that's a flash in my head whenever when I was writing this article because that's pretty much what the history of Ontario is. Is you have to kind of go back in time mm -hmm. to a point when the Earth was just covered by oceans and it was this hostile, crazy alien place where the crust was just beginning to form and raft up on these volcanic See, islands. I want to in interrupt briefly here yeah. on a Star Trek related. Like I'm yeah, not a, I'm not a, I'm not a Trekkie by any means. <laughs> Well, you um, should be. I'm more of a Star Wars guy. Oh, gosh. Um, but uh, <laughs> isn't that sort of uh, stealing that old Star Trek movie where Captain Kirk goes back in time to save the whales or something? Isn't that, isn't that one of the ones where they have to like, or am I thinking of Superman? Because there's also a <laughs> Superman where he saves, I think, saves whales. But anyway, that seems like they just, they're recycling plot material, I think. Because <laughs> William Shatner had already done that. Though I do prefer Patrick Stewart because that guy's ace. But He's anyway. He's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And yeah. you, oh, God, I love that character. They're all on Netflix now, by the way. Every yes. single Star Wars. Or and Star Trek, Star sorry. Star Trek, yeah. Yeah, going all the way back. So you can refresh oh, yes. on your, what is the other one? Deep Space Nine. Check or? it out, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're Netflix now promoting free promotion for Netflix. For, for Netflix. Yeah, so anyways, so, back to rocks. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of what uh, the beginning of Ontario was like. And I think it's really important because most of the gold um, from the greenstone belts there were formed during that period of time in Earth's history. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking about really small rafts of, of volcanic terrain that was colliding and basically like just car wrecking into this continent that forms the Abitibi and the Red yep. Lake greenstone belts and you name it, you name it. And all the gold is kind of trapped up in that. So, so, so uh, I'll ask the question that maybe someone who doesn't know very much about mining or geology might ask. You hear about greenstone belts all the time, yes. and they're everywhere, like South America. This is all related to Pangea we've talked about, right? Um, but maybe a little bit of color on what constitutes a greenstone belt, like what and why you see them in in like British Guyana and South America and in Burkina Faso and Ivory Coast and in Ontario, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, again, it, it goes way back beyond even Pangea, like mm -hmm. even earlier into the Earth's history. So yeah. it basically represents really old chunks of rock, mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the Earth's original crust that has been like mashed together and taken apart and today is kind of like scattered, I guess, across the world in some of these prominent greenstone belts okay. that we see in West Africa and Ontario, um, even up in Northwest Territories, none of it. And so what constitutes a greenstone belt is exactly what I said. You mm -hmm. have these volcanic chains okay. that smashed into each other in accretish. Right, so you have all these big, like structural, like accretionary zones, and then you have a mountain building, which increases the pressures and temperatures, okay. which bakes the rock, and that turns it into like you know green chlorine. That's, where you, see that, the that's color. where you get like the yeah. color, yeah. and that's why they call it that greenstone belt. And of course, these are old, and and there was just so much gold plummeting up during the Archean and Paleo-Proterozoic 
Um, it was insane. Like, there was just so much gold. The, the crust was way warmer than we see today. Um, there was a lot much more metal so malleable, kicking around. more malleable, right? Well, no, or I don't know if it was that, but, like, yeah. So, yeah, more, yeah so yeah, warmer so it's, crust, so it's yeah, a little bit more ductile, ductile. So you see a lot yeah, of the yeah. myelinitic shear zones and then the crust building, and then that breaks, and all the gold comes, like, plumping up. So it's just this really cool period of time in Earth's history when there was so much metal forming and uh, there was so much kind of happening and the crust was kind of coming together. So, and that basically forms like a large chunk of, of Ontario. Yeah. And the cool thing too is you always get VMS in there too. Like you do, extraordinary yeah. Extraordinary VMS deposits. Yeah, yeah. So whether or not these fluids interacted with these pre-existing VMS deposits in the Greenstone Belt, I mean, I don't know. If, if you find a really prominent VMS deposit, then I'd have to kind of start thinking to myself, well, is there a really prominent gold deposit nearby too? So anyway, that's uh, the vast majority of, of Ontario. But check out the article because I kind of go into the other There's little a, parts. There's some cool diagrams I saw. I took a look. There's some, some really nice like technical pictures. Drawings, right? and, Drawings pictures. and pictures. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it also too gives you a highlight of what the advanced mineral projects are. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, why don't you give us a sample of that? Oh gosh, I can or just you, go on. Just yeah. go go to the article. And because there's it. like yeah, there's like so I was many. gonna say that there's with the rise in gold prices and stuff. There's sort of been a resurgence in exploration activity, Especially both in Ontario in and Quebec. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, uh, people going back to the old Timmins and Kirkland Lake camps and. Um, this is in Ontario, but in terms of Quebec, we talked about that West Dome Kiana discovery at the Brownfield site. And totally. There's just a, a lot of really interesting stuff going on out there, and we've seen um, uh, a few mergers and acquisitions out that way, too. I mean, uh, in, in terms of Timmins and looking at the camps out there. So there's, uh, it's always interesting, and I know, um, was it you who's looking at Prosper Gold um, that's doing uh, we, we recently did an article on Prosper Gold. Uh, that's Pete Bernier's company. They were previously looking at copper up in the Chesley, but they've switched their attention over to gold in Ontario as well. So cool. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah, it's popular and you can raise money over there. So it's always good. Um, and yeah, so the one other thing I did want to talk about, and we, this is like, we never talk about, and, uh, um, it's uh, metallurgical coal. <laughs> oh. And, uh, uh, our editor in chief, John Cumming did a little bit of an editorial on this. And this is so sort of, I, I, I have to say, I didn't hear a lot about well, we went to the coal conference, what, in July? Yeah. And no, it wasn't yeah, earlier. the most, like, positive so event. Like, people were like, uh, it's so tough. But then, all of a sudden, metallurgical coal has gone bonkers. Uh, Tech Resources' stock has gone way up because... A few dollars, I think. They're, they've, yeah. got, they've got a lot of exposure to met coal. Mm. And uh, so, it was like, you can re- head over to our, the website and check out uh, John's article on this. But I wanted to touch on it a little bit. Um, this is re- pretty much all driven by China, as we know. Uh, uh, Chinese, uh, like, there, there's a bunch of restocking going on at uh, non-Chinese mills. Uh, China w- has been doing like uh, closing mines, essentially, and and doing you know, uh, infecting supply. And and it's funny how I was having a conversation with somebody, and nobody sees this stuff coming, right? And it's funny because China controls such a huge population and, and has a fairly much like. I don't know how you describe their government these days, like a centralist oligopoly of some kind. But uh, <laughs> they're communist, giant communists. But um, uh, they can just like flick switches and do things with commodities, and all of a sudden, like, like I, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to go back, let's say six months, and find anyone that was like, yeah, invest in metallurgical coal. Like, like, but all of a sudden, yeah. flips a flip a switch on on Chinese supply or Chinese demand, and all of a sudden. 
the commodity goes way up, right? So it's pretty interesting. Like I just, it just shocked me. And then, and so John did a really cool article. I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, the other thing that we were going to talk about this week is that um, Arizona Mining has. I, I'm familiar with this project as well. And yeah. you, you, did you and just talk to, to Jim? Yeah, I was talking to Jim. Jim and Gowans, Don um, as well. And Don, yeah. Don uh, the, the, uh, he's like the geology master CEO, down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the brainchild. The and so this, this is so, like, I, I always tell people this is the story that I'm like, you should read my, read my stuff early because this is what happens. But this. True. You, yeah. you know what, Matt? You do call it all the time. Yeah. I gotta but say. I'm like, I wrote, I, when I first touched base, um, with the guys at Arizona, it, it's Richard Wark who did Augusta Resources and now is working on Newcastle Gold as well. But it was early when they were starting the uh, first name Jim Gowans, who was the ex-co-president of Barrick. When this when they tried that whole two-president yeah. thing, that lasted like two weeks. Um, but uh, I touched base and I'm like, God, I can't even remember when this was. But their stock is at seventy cents, and I was like, This seems just, like people should be buying the heck out of this thing because it's. And now what is it at now? It's at like. $2.40, or somewhere around there. It's pretty high. So it's, uh, but that's because A, they, they've benefited because zinc prices, we talked about the recovery in zinc that's got, that looks sustainable over a dollar now. And B, it looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> like the drill holes they've been releasing over, let's say, the last two months. Oh, the last one that they just did yeah. was like that 1,300 foot step out from that resource boundary. And what was the, do you have the grade on it? Yeah, dude, it was uh, 24 and a half feet. How much, like seven meters or something? Yeah, yeah. 23% zinc, 13% lead, 7.3 ounces per ton. 13, wow. like 400 meter step out from. Obviously American company the as they deposit. report all Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's really, it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing ounces, up this article yeah. right now. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> converting, converting. Yeah. So did you get into, do you want to dig a little bit into the geology of Taylor? Did you, did you get into that with them a little bit? or? Uh, I kind of did, but I mm-hmm. need to go through. I always it, go through the tech Manto reports. Is it Manto or is it? It's a carbonate replacement, replacement? deposit. Okay. And okay. then there's some scarring kicking around too. And okay. I think that's more of a function of the alteration rocks or minerals. Yeah. And so they said that the step out hole, there's some scar in there, okay. which means that they might be coming close to like that um, intrusive body that's basically bleeding out all these metals into this carbonate rock. Yeah. So, uh, but at the same token, it's that there's these old Arsarco drill holes. That's yeah, like yeah, Another 600 meters yeah, further, yeah. like from that 13, that 400 meter step out. Mm-hmm. That's also has similar grades and thicknesses. Yeah, it's crazy so, looking. So, I mean. It's crazy looking. Yeah, it's like, not, not yeah. only is there a Northwest extension component to that deposit, but there's also blue sky potential to fatten it up to um, along the other direction. And the interesting so. thing is it is a historic mine site. Like there was a mine there. Like yeah, it's brownfield. And there's some of it's on patented claims. Right? Yeah. Which means that they don't, it's it's way easier to permit the non-patented mining claims because uh, it's not necessarily um, as as uh, onerous, 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 yeah. uh, to get the permits done. So I was when I talked to them, this was, this was early days, obviously, they were discussing how they were going to get the footprint aligned to build and it's funny because yeah. it's just like falls totally in place because yeah. their patented ground extends northwest. Of yeah, the deposit. exactly. So it's just like they're just riding the pony in that. But yeah, that's a banging looking thing. Like yeah, I, it's pretty cool. It's, yeah. it's cool to see what is going to come out. So there's a lot of potential there and they're basically hammering out the meters mm-hmm. and they've just jacked up the program even more. So they're going to be drilling all the way to the end of this year because the buys are saying that they're fast tracking to get as much drilling done before they come out with their resource update, which is going to go into their PEA. So they're trying to get as much like, you know, 
like mineralization. Mineral, yeah, yeah, exactly. As much resource yeah, yeah, yeah. in there as possible. As many as as many pierce points as they can. Yeah. And and, and it's interesting. Like i going back to I was on the Altius uh, conference call, and they were like, "Yeah, zinc carbonate replacement deposits," but they're looking for them in Ireland, which is it's kind of cool. cool. Like big, they have a huge iron uh, land package in Ireland, and they're looking for zinc. But that was that goes back to um, we're starting to see people sort of do the zinc game. Ship well, also mm-hmm. copper too. Like there's a little bit of. Um, investment dollars chipping around at the edges of copper oh. and that's where i where i some sort of speculator yeah. uh, i i'd be looking at, at at some good copper deals because uh, i think it was mickey Fulp who told us that he was looking sort of for any sort of promising looking copper deposits because i mean we all suspect that 216 a pound isn't sustainable based on what your the margins of producing a pound of copper like it seems mm-hmm. like and the declining grades and and lack of discoveries it seems like if you were a, a betting man or woman that uh, <laughs> copper might be a good uh, mid to longer term bet. Um, and speaking of which, we'll get in. I wanted to touch a bit on this uh, London Minings and uh, Freeport and Tanky um, and China Molly, who who's buying uh, Freeport stake, as we know, we, we've covered this pretty much in depthly. Um, but one of the interesting things is, is that we always talk about this because London Mining, like they don't want to be there anymore. They don't want to be like a. They don't want to be like a minority shareholder in the DRC run by China Molly. Like, can you imagine the risk profile on that? They're like, no, this is not. That sounds like a trumpet, probably. My apologies, but anyways. So, um, Lendine has got another extension, and what they have is a right of first offer. So, that if they wanted, they could fund. They could hypothetically go out and find a big partner and buy match China Molly's offer and buy all of Tanky. Now, I, I nobody seems to think. Lundin mining will do that because a it's it's sort of well the risk profile they don't want and b i don't think they ever intended to run that themselves like they needed a big capable block cave kind of mining operator like freeport so i don't know if they were like relatively caught aback when freeport bailed to to monetize assets we saw them monetize all their oil what was it last week Mm -hmm. a lot of their oil assets too um so Lundin has got uh right they've extended that period where they can (laughs) <laughs> sort of uh, weigh their options here with Tanky in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So I've been watching this because I'm, uh, I'm I'm quite interested uh, to see what they do because there's a few options for them. They could stay and just just allow China Molly to become operator and hold their interest and continue to attempt to profit from the mine. They could negotiate a, the rest of the sale to China Molly or another interest. Like I, the, for my opinion. The only person who would take that stake is another Chinese company. Like, I don't see a Western mining company coming in and be like, oh, sure, we'll work with China Molly on this giant project. Like, yeah. I just, like, I just, like, it's, it very rarely happens. Like, it happens with some of the big Japanese companies like Sumitomo and Mitsui and stuff. But you rarely see it happen between the Chinese and North American companies. So they're probably, what they're doing, I would imagine, is trying to realize as much value as they can from the sale of their stake, right? So this is just something I have been watching. So everybody, this is, <laughs> I just find it interesting. I'm like, what are they going to do? Like, because like, they don't want to, like, lose a bunch of money, right? Like, they, they, obviously, their stake is worth something. And selling it for less than the perceived value would be really bad, even though they're cutting ri- uh, their geopolitical risk profile. So I just I, I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in those negotiations, like with lending money, like oh oh gosh, what should we do with this thing? This is this is oh god. Um, but but a lot of analysts are like, once they extradite themselves with profit from the tanky situation, lending money has one of the best geopolitical risk profiles 
uh, for base metal producers. Like all their mines will be in, in pretty good jurisdictions once this is resolved, right. <laughs> which is probably, I would imagine, quite a substantial headache for everybody. Um, <laughs> and then we, I got this, uh, John, John coming out of you sent, do you, you probably got this email on the Yukon as well. So uh, we love our, our, our sponsor, the Yukon Mining Alliance, uh, but this is not great news. But we've talked about this previously. This is something I've, um, I've sort of harped on. Uh, but uh, the Comet Conference Board of Canada dropped a bit of a bomb. And what they essentially said was, of all the provinces and territories, Yukon's economy is facing the bleakest near-term outlook. Um, and they cite, obviously, we talked about a lot about how Capstone's intending to close the Minto mine. Um, Alexco's struggling to restart their operations at the Belkino. But I, I will touch on this briefly, the Alexco thing, because people are like, well, silver prices are 20 bucks. And they said, what well, silver prices were 20 bucks, they'd restart the mine. Plus, they had some banging intercepts at their Birmingham discovery. But uh, they also have a silver stream with silver Wheaton that's a little bit of a pain in the butt. Right. And they're they're almost going to have to renegotiate that to restart operations. In my opinion, at sub twenty five dollars silver. But I, I have a site visit coming up. We'll get into all that. But anyway, so this report came out just sort of uh, while well, citing Alexco is not in operation. Obviously, Yukon Zinc Wolverine mine was closed down last year. Um, so the board expects the Yukon's GDP to show growth of about three point six percent in twenty sixteen, but then contract significantly, dropping by about ten percent over the next two years. 7.7% in 2017 and a further 3.1% in 2018. Um, and so they were like, obviously, like, and they said some of the reasons for optimism was Gold Corp just bought Kamenak and, and Victoria's Dublin Gulch is sort of creeping towards production like very slowly. I have to actually write that up too. They, they put out their new feasibility study uh, last week. I got to write that up as well. Um, but so, um, the, and the, meanwhile, as we know, there is also an election coming up in the Yukon. So this this probably couldn't have been timed any worse the Yukon party, like the uh, incumbent party in the Yukon, because they're like, oh, no. And so, like, clearly, like, um, the premier came out and, and, and said uh, it just illustrates how important resources are to the territory. And then, the, obviously, the uh, opposition parties, the NDP and the Liberals, came out and were like, you've totally mismanaged the economy, because that's what politicians do. They just make super sweeping statements about each other like you're terrible no you're the worst i don't like you so they came out and they were arguing in the media about what this meant for the yukon um but it'll be interesting to see. i mean as we know and and something the conference board may miss there's there's definitely more exploration going on up there right now for sure. um and uh and you know it, it, all it takes is, is is one significant discovery um we know uh, western copper and gold is taking their casino deposit through permitting right now so that 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 that's another one the conference board mentioned as a possible upside in the future um but uh yeah so that was john sort of forwarded that to me and, and said we should mention this and i'm like okay and he's going to do an editorial on it maybe cool. so that's sort of yeah, our yukon minute uh, a little bit of a mixed uh <laughs> mixed one it's the conference board kind of dropped a bomb but hey there's reasons for optimism so there you go um but uh yeah so uh what to look forward to next week uh we have our southwest u.s special coming out i believe right. and th that will include your uh arizona, arizona mining Miami. piece uh we've got something on clondex coming out i believe and a few other companies down in that part of the united states so that'll be uh, a nice little uh, insert we have coming up uh, i'm hoping to get my victoria gold dublin gold site visit out next week Sweet. so we'll talk about that a little bit 
Um, as always, we're looking into some more audio interviews because those things are just bang and popular. Cool. Um, so we're looking to get some analysts on, maybe from BMO. Uh, we're looking to get some uh, some people from the investment community on. So uh, we'll see if we can get some brokers or uh, money movers on just to talk a little bit about commodities. Um, and I, I do want to remind everyone, all our listeners, we do have skype capabilities now so i had uh, mickey actually skyped in from albuquerque the other week Fine. so we have the ability and it actually sounds i was shocked yeah. with how how good the audio is on it so good job skype i've heard mixed mixed things like sometimes it's really good and then sometimes your call will drop and it's just yeah. like brutal um but yeah so that pretty much wraps up our show this is uh we're back to our more traditional format for now things are always fluid um <laughs> but yeah so uh, i'd like to thank you guys ever oh, thank everyone for listening um, and uh, this has been Matthew Keel. And Leslie Stokes. And we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, ciao.